Alrighty guys, welcome back. As you can see here, we are in another episode of Weight Room Overtime. And today I am excited as I have a, a really special guest that I think um, we ended up connecting after a while through graduate school and, and, and you know some mutual friends and we really didn't I really didn't really know Austin here, which is my guest here, um, until I started my graduate program in which we had a class. But um, welcome Austin, how you doing? I'm good, brother. How you doing? Not too bad, you know, just repping the jersey, as you mentioned earlier, you know. <laughs> Got to rep the USA as we finally won something. <laughs> that, was, that was a good game. Uh, it, was, it was a bit against uh, the run of play, but we'll take it. We'll take it. I actually, unfortunately, didn't get to watch it. I watched the recaps just because I was driving back from Washington to Montana during the game, and um, I, didn't, I didn't get to watch any of it until all the replays later that night, so. Um, I, w I, did, I wish I would have watched it. It would have been insane, especially because I'm Mexican too. You know, I root for Mexico and then the USA, and it's just like a household divides into like, <laughs> hey man, who's against who? You. It's like, oh yeah, we won. I won today. It's a <laughs> yeah. I support both. But um, well, cool, man. Welcome. Thank you for taking the time to, to speak with me today and, and being a guest for my show. Um, I do have a couple things lined up for you, some couple questions. But um, before we get started, just Austin, give us a little bit of background of what you do today. Um, where you come from, specifically in the soccer world, right? Because this is yeah. a basically of like an energy, uh, an energy, sorry, uh, exercise, you know, sport trainers, coaches, and stuff like that. Give us a little bit of background about you, what you do today, and then what your goals are. Yeah, I um, I currently work at Sierra Nevada University um, in Lake Tahoe, uh, <laughs> Nevada. It's it's unbelievable. I, I I'm very fortunate to get to to live in the place I do and uh, do the work I get to do. I'm the head coach of the men's program and. Uh, I'm very certain I'll be able to help uh, Kyle uh, on the women's program. So it's uh, it's good. Um, just uh, this is where I'm from as well. So, you know, I just took over this job eight, nine weeks ago now. I was um, about to say, yeah, weren't you at Blue Mountain like three months ago? At least the last time I spoke to you. Yeah, Blue Mountain just shortly before this. I actually had to leave right before season um, started with those boys. And, and they went, I mean, they were an unbelievable team this year too. So, I mean, it's been a whirlwind of change for me in my life um but um you know it's always good moving forward I, I i love collegiate athletics i love youth athletics but i love collegiate athletics more just because of the autonomy to really push them and get them in an environment and, and really really do the kind of work that you get to do and work alongside folks like yourself so um push young men and young women to to be the best versions of themselves athletically and academically yeah cool so i know so who's taking over the men's program over at Blue Mountain? Because I know Jordan was helping you a little bit from the last interview I had. He told me he was helping you out a little bit. Did they hire somebody right away, or they just added him to the you know, yeah, squad? We had a good coaching staff there in the men's side. I'm so lucky. You know, I, uh, Jeremy Talbot was an assistant coach. I had Oscar Munez. I had Oscar Alegria. I had Carlos Solero, um, and we had Ricardo. But Oscar, um, Oscar Alegria ended up being one of the final candidates. I mean, it, it, I, I heard a lot of people applied for it because – of how good we built the program and he ended up yep. you know, getting the bid for it. Um, and, and then everyone else fell, fell online and is, is still sticking with it. So they have a strong coaching staff. They, I mean, they only got three goals scored on this last year. They're a great oh, group wow. of kids. I, I, I wish I could have <laughs> stuck with it, man. Dude, yeah. But, one thing, um, one thing I tell a lot of players, like young players today is about the NWAC, the NWAC league, right? Some people don't like JUCO. They don't like the idea of going to play in a community college and then, you know, growing up the ropes that way. They want to go straight to, like, a D1 school or, or a bigger school. 
Um, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know, you know, obviously I came from, from Walla Walla Community College, which is the top tier program in the NWAC at the time when I played. I don't know about now. It's been a year since I've kind of followed. And I've also played at CPC, which I guess those are, you know, top top teams in, in the division. Um, and there's some great players. They recruit players from everywhere a lot of the times too. What are your thoughts on that com- compared to, obviously you came from Nevada, right, coming into the NWAC? You know, it's funny. Um, I actually am an, an, an NWAC product as well. Oh, wow. Um, what did you play at again? I played at SWAC. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I played there for, for, for two years as well. Um, and so I, 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 had, I had opportunities to go D2. I had opportunities, you know, in Sonoma States, yeah. Chico States. Humboldt's and, pretty close to there too, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, for some reason, they didn't scout me. But, um, you know, Zimmerman, he's, he's a top name coach in yeah. Sonoma State. He, he looked at me, but he told me, I'm going to sit the bench for the first year. And I laughed. Like, dude, like I'm so good. Like, yeah, and really, we're not. Um, it, like, <laughs> it's so funny getting humbled. Um, and you know, NWAC was a great experience for me. I, I came in at a good level. You know, I had to earn my minutes still, which is funny. Like, I thought I was going to be top dog. Um, and, and I'm sure you had some. It's surprising how how difficult that league is your first year too. Totally, totally. And then being a coach in it later on, it's 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 funny, but. You know, my advice for any young man or young woman is, you know, JUCO's. I mean, JUCO is where you actually take that step to D1, D2. Going D2, D3, uh, you're not taking that step up very rarely, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's, we're, you know, I've, I've sent a lot of kids on um, from the NWAC up to, to, to a decent level. So, yeah. um, and, and into the right spot. So, I, I think it's great. Which I, is I beautiful. Really it's about the coach and it's about where the program is, frankly, less so than um, the, just the, the environment. Yeah, definitely. And no, you're at Sierra Nevada College, right? University. They changed the name. They just changed the university. Uh, the, so I, I'm pretty sure you had a friend um, that had gone to. Uh, I had a few. I had a few from the Tri Cities um, play yeah, at Sierra Nevada. Yeah. Um, Angel, so I think, was his name. Does the Angel sound familiar? Yep. He was yep, left footed yep. dude. Um, I never, I've never met him, but he, you know, he follows our social media, and he's always like, "Hey, that's cool. Seeing what's going on. I love seeing that." So, yeah, and this is another um, other other pal i forgot his name he follows me on social media too and i know he played there a year or two obviously after i think cbc so it's kind of cool how they uh, have a program there and, and we played them too when i played at eastern um during our preseason i remember them heavily hispanic yeah, he- heavily hispanic program at the time <laughs> it's, and it's always going to be i mean especially with me around i, I love my latino boys i think they're they just they're so thankful for the opportunity they work really hard yeah. reno's got a ton of latin kids um carson so it just makes sense they can just drive up and you know they're you guys are always willing to put in more work than than, than others oftentimes yeah so i had another question so i came from arizona so i was able to see i kind of lived all over the, the u.s kind of most in the western states but um I, i've been able to see different you know i would i would say development leagues or i guess clubs in, in local cities like Tucson. I'm in Great Falls now, which they have a state tournament this weekend, um, starting tomorrow, I think, um, here in Great Falls, which is like Rush, I think the Rush uh, program. And so I've been able to see kind of like different styles of soccer in a sense. And it's it's funny to me because when I played um, in Tucson, even just the, the men's competitive league, and I would, see, I would stick around and, and watch some of the youth programs and stuff like that and play. It's completely different from the Northwest. And I, I don't know if you catch that when you go in recruiting, because obviously you recruit for players. Do you happen to see it like some sort of difference between, you know, Pacific Northwest talent or I guess structure of soccer, which is more in my in my eyes, it's more um, 
I wouldn't I wouldn't say developmental because all of them are, but it's more of a systematic uh, play system in, in a sense, right? Compared to down in Tucson, it's very individualized. Like, um, it, it's not really like, you know, I'm going to pass it here. Here's my next move or anything like that. It's kind of just more fast. It's kind of just hitting the ball forward. You're trying to, trying to get the guys behind the ball. I mean, yeah, every every area is going to have its cultural yeah. influences, right? Well, obviously, and then every area is going to have its coaching differences. I, I think, um, you know, the biggest difference I see is East Coast versus West oh, yeah, Coast definitely. soccer. And then, and then within those divisions, it's it's rural versus or rural or, or street street soccer like <laughs> versus real real like tight club soccer, right? And East Coast soccer is very choreographed, very very physical, finessed. Physical, physical. Those athletes are very tight. They're very good. Sometimes they they struggle against the free flow of you know the West Coast soccer. They're very but, creative you know, the players Coast and stuff that they face. Yep, and then you know just just like oh like I've never seen someone do something like that, right? You know, but again the West Coast players will struggle against the physicality yeah. and and then just the, the true instinct of the East Coast. So I, I I think they I think they level each other at, at some point. You know, it's it's we're all still humans um, when the day's done, even you know the best of the best are humans so um but yeah i mean there's 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 a true difference i mean especially when you get higher up or up in the club structure i mean guys get more athletic but then they get more choreographed in their yeah. training you know and and i think sometimes there's less freedom um you know for instance i just we're at we're at here in reno the club scene is um hit and miss i'd say um yeah. And, you know, some groups, some groups are really well coached. Some groups are not so well coached and there's a lot more freedom yeah. within that. So you bring in a kid and he's raw and he's super athletic, of course, but he's raw, 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 raw. And it was just good, right? You got a free palette, but sometimes you have to coach. Oh, hey, you've never learned pressing. Yeah. You've never learned the build phase, you, you know, or you didn't have good enough players around you. Or the really counters. Or instrument like yeah, any of that pieces, you know, and uh, I mean, sometimes I've taken some really excellent players and had to go oh like take a step back okay let's learn how to do it and and it's okay and 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 it's fun and they're always they're always so dude i'm glad you you brought that up because that's one of the main reasons i started this show and started bringing coaches on is because where i grew up in pasco dude it's like a whole talent pool of athletes specifically soccer players dude like if you go to pasco today and go to the ymca dude you're you're looking at five-year-olds starting to play futsal dude like that's why they're so good growing up because they just grew up in that, you know, street style futsal soccer. And then they get to high school and some of them make it to, to you know, the, the, the next level. But I think a, a lot of it was missing is exactly what you just brought brought up. It's it's taking the simple things, being consistent and accurate every single time. Like how, how often can you make that pass every single time in a game? You know what I mean? And I think that's where essentially kind of where it fell to development wise. They just care about winning. You know what I mean? So it's like. It's, it's, it's kind of hard, and, and I feel like I don't feel sad because I didn't have the mentorship kind of growing up. I just kind of balled out in a sense, and I actually had some good coaches like Chad, Mike Pardini, and everybody like that that played at the next oh, level. Huh? I did, yeah, at Walla Walla. So, and he was my club coach, too, when I played U18s with the Rivers. Yeah, so um, his style of soccer is completely different, too, and, and Mike's because he was Italian, so they were the physical, like, hey, get stuck in and all that kind of stuff, so. Uh, we learned real quick how to let go of the ball, you know. <laughs> but um, my whole goal was like, and my question to you is, what, what would you recommend for young athletes that are, are, are not necessarily, I would say, low-income family, low-income athletes, like people out of Pasco, right? Like people out of the, the towns that you live in where maybe they don't have those great coaches, you know, development. Maybe it's their dad or maybe it's, 
you know, a local coach playing Mexican league, which happens a lot, and there's nothing bad to it. But how do you get those kids to the next level? Because I think there's a whole thing across the country that they don't have money to pay at Crossfire. They don't have money to go play at Washington Premier or Seattle clubs, you know? Like, and that's where those kids end up going to the next level. But what about, you know, the kids that do have the talent, they just need to be coached right. Like, what do you recommend for that? Um, sacrifice yeah. is number one. Um, no one's going to hand you anything. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, what you've done, how much money you have in your, your life. I think, um, you know, um, I, I think that's first and foremost. So, um, you know, I've, I've had kids in my program that their dad will buy them the car down the street <laughs> if they ask for it and yeah. this or that. Right. And then I've had kids in my program that are pairing, paying their mom's rent um, in the same year. Right. And, and like, it's kind of hard to wrap your mind about it, but the, but the reality is, is that, that both those kids want the same yeah. thing. They want to, they want to play pro, right. And, and, and one kid has to sacrifice so much more and work so much harder to make that a reality and, and any distractions or this, that, or the other is just yeah. going to get in the way. So you have to be driven. You have to be thankful. Um, I think, I think first and foremost, if, if I was a young child, you know, like a high schooler in my, middle school yeah. high school right i um just just train train as much as you can we're in the information age you can you can grab as as, as much information as you want um and and i think the reality is for someone that doesn't have that coaching you're probably gonna end up going yeah. to a junior college and and embrace that and embrace that find the right coach they'll find the coach that has a little bit of connection that can send you the right way that runs yeah. their program the right way the question's asked do you run a weight training program do you do fitness in the off season? Are you scheduling games? Who have you yeah. sent on? Little things like that, you know, go a long ways. Um, relationships matter so much. They, they yeah. I mean, it's, it's how I got my current job. You know, it's how how you you make things. So, um, I mean, hard work, relationships, and 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 getting a little lucky. Yeah. Timing well, too, sometimes. Know, I, I think timing is, is crazy, isn't it? So. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as getting into the right club, it's money wise too, dude. You I can't just pay a thousand dollars to go play, you know, in a club. My parents would never pay for that. I'll tell you that. <laughs> exactly, you know, and Reno is, has a lot of parallels to Pasco as far as just like poor, poor kids, poor infrastructure. I, I mean, the club teams I played on, we were paying like seven, yeah, yeah, it, bucks a, year a season too, or, or whatever, to like make it work. And 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 it was, you know, I, I paid for half of it, but I mean, that was that's cheap compared to what some of these kids pay, you know. I. I I hear five, six thousand. And dude, I know a couple of weeks. I know a couple of weeks. I had posted that question on my poll on my on my Instagram, my my Facebook about you know the U.S. you know oh. soccer dying essentially in the U.S. I guess kind of people looked at it where it's like it's completely dying, and I, and I was more in a sense it's kind of it's kind of a new wave in a sense of development because now we have social media where you know they're gonna try to be a person on there, be famous. Like, are they the cool kid at school? Are they the cool athlete? You know where. I don't think their focus is the same. Maybe kind of when you grew up where all you had was a ball and everybody got met up at the, at the park and go played compared to now. And that was my whole thing. It was just like, exactly. how much do you guys actually see, see it going on today, which I don't really see it much unless it's a practice and then this is a coach and a team they're going to be playing, but I don't really see kids out there anymore as they used to, but it could be because times has changed, right? I don't know. I that my kids are very young. They're two, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's less so, but you just got to go find that kid. I mean, from my perspective, there's still a lot of 
young are hungry. men and women that that are doing that stuff. You just, you just, I mean, as a recruiter, like that's probably the most, most important part of my job is identifying talent. Um, is just to go find those hungry kids that, that, that want it. So, um, oftentimes you find those kids in the rural setting. I, I, it blows my mind, but like there's a lot of real hungry kids in the rural setting that just that, that live that dream. Like the still. Friday night football so, games. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Or, 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 or just, you know, the, the kid that's 14 playing in the Hispanic league or, or, you know, whatever it is, it's, I mean, always exists. I mean, anyone can go to a, the Las Vegas Mares cup and go yeah. find the crossfire kids. Anyone can go to the Colorado rush cup, you know, but I think, I think there's always, there's always a spot for that young man and young woman in, in, in the rural setting. If they, if they want to go see, get themselves seen and um, you know, there's, there's, there's tons of resources, online resources they can put into and, um, yeah, and my other question on there was too was like, do you think it's a money issue now, where it comes to you know soccer clubs in, in local cities? If somebody's just trying to make money somehow, compared to why don't we focus on the kids? You know, let, like let them play. I, and I get both sides where they somebody has to make some sort of money to be able to set it up for them. But six hundred dollars for a season to me is insane, dude. You know what I mean? But where does where does the city come in and pay for the fields or the water or whatever it may be that they're <laughs> charging so much for? You know. <laughs> You know, it's it's definitely funny. I, I I always make the joke of late stage capitalism, where we're just taking advantage of of everything. But and obviously, yeah. people need wages and to be paid within that you know, if, if they dedicate their life to it. But I mean, it it it, it seems expensive. You know, I I've not been too much on the youth side. Yeah. Um, you know, I the youth program that I ran in Pendleton with with a few folks there was very grassroots, and we just offered uh, free coaching and it's I, good experience I too. as much as we could. Um, yeah. it, is, it is, but you know, I, I see some of these other clubs, and I, I don't even want to get involved in youth soccer in Reno, Tahoe, right now, politics. because I just, um, it, it's, it's politics, man, and it's, and it's, um, you know, I just, I like kids so much, and I just, I don't want to, I don't want to get into this nitpick, and I don't, I don't care about winning at that, that, <laughs> that level at the college level, I do, um, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's just very interesting, so I, I think. I think the the answer to that is, I mean, it absolutely is there. Um, I think there's got to be a balance. You know, someone's got to have some or... morals on how they charge kids. And, and yep, yep. And and I think some most clubs do a good. If thing. the I think player is good, though, I feel like if the player the isn't best. good, they're gonna be like, you're cut. <laughs> I know, I know, and, and, and I mean that's. And I I don't know if I'm yeah. against that per se, um, but then the ASO needs to be just as cheap for that 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 kid for you know you know whatever it is just so we can access the recreational soccer i'm a huge believer oh, yeah. in recreational lifetime soccer as well you know i still play crappy soccer yeah myself, and, and one you know, thing um it, so one thing that i've done since i've been coaching players on this i haven't done it for a couple months since grad school for the most part because it takes most of my time in the afternoons but um before and i'll, I'll have players here and there where they reach out and they want to get trained but um a lot of the a lot of the the parents um their, their athlete or their kid is probably like five six seven eight you know trying to buy you know one-on-one -on -one training programs with me and i'm like hey look this kid needs to learn how to love the sport first before we start you know nailing them on different you know exercises and different things yes i can help them with the fundamentals and stuff like that but this kid needs to go play with a bunch of other kids and just love scoring love in the game and i think that's how that hunger or that passion comes from instead of like the parents just kind of you know trying to peak them very early on and, and you know what are they going to do when he's 13 he's you know peaked out i guess but i don't know what are, what are your thoughts on that 
love for the game needs to come first. You can't, I mean, I've, I've had so many kids that I've worked out. I said kids, young men uh, that I've worked out with that are burnt yeah. out because of that style of, of training. Um, and peaking late is just fine. Peaking late is just, I was a late bloomer and I wasn't, I didn't, I, I didn't make varsity till my oh, wow. senior year of high school. Um, and I played semi-pro indoor and I played semi-pro outdoor. So it wasn't like... You were the I definition, dude. Of what, so right? wait, hold like, on. Before, let's back up real quick. <laughs> so when we started our graduate program, I think we were in the initial classes, right? Like the anatomy classes and stuff like that. And then we kind of just... What did yeah. you end up studying? I didn't even ask. I thought we were all in the same boat. Sports performance. Sports performance training. I really wanted to make oh, sure okay. that I got my athletes peak performance. Okay, so that's why it makes sense. Yeah, that was huge for me. I don't, something I don't think I knew. Yeah, dude, something I didn't really learn that until later on in graduate school where we started learning about, you know, training age and how long they should be training, like sports-specific and, and, you know, paradise training programs. And, yeah, they say early on you're going to peak early, oh, yeah. dude, in high school, and that's it. And I think that's what happened. That's what happens to most people, you know. And then people that start playing basketball early on and different sports and end up, you know, sticking to one specific sport later in their, you know, teenage years, like like yourself, end up peaking at at the right time, dude. Where you know you're gonna go to college or you're gonna go, you know, play somewhere else. Yeah, my favorite kids are the the ones that grow while at college and they're like, oh my god, what's my body <laughs> doing right now? Like, like, oh my goodness, there's this there's this kid at Blue Mountain right now. He's a very special young man. His name is Alan Contreras, and he came in, didn't have any other scholarship offers, 4.0 kid, um, and I mean, I mean, he just he just had a tear of a season. I mean, I, I think he he only got three yeah. goals scored on him all year. He's a center back, um, and you know we're. We're gonna pull him away and probably bring him up here to Sierra Nevada University, but Gonzaga's talking to him now. I, I sent him to Aaron Lewis up there, and I'm like, okay, excuse me, but I, you know, at some point you're just like, maybe this kid's too good for my program. So, and 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 again, no offer. CBC was right down the road and didn't think of anything of him. You know, Wenatchee was a, a ten miles and didn't think of anything of him, but we we gave him a chance, and he might have been the best player. You know, in these yeah, it's been a while since I've seen one of those NWAC games. And I know my buddy Martin over at CBC has been inviting me, but I just I've been moving and, and I've been helping their program out a little bit with uh you know strength training and stuff like that. But um, I I went the strength and conditioning route nice, for nice. for you know graduate schools and you know it's it's super specific into you know what you want to study. And I stuck all my studies, dude. Like everything that I did was specific to soccer, like. Yes, we have to learn other sports and other stuff, but like me, all I care about, dude, is how do I make better soccer players? How do I, you know, get these people to the next level? You know what I mean? Every so is mine. Every post every dude. <laughs> that I wrote was about soccer, pretty much. Yeah. It's always. I mean, might as well might as well use it to to cross train, yeah, and 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 to to learn what you learn about. There's a few that not, not so much. But He's yeah. a great player. Well, I don't know if you've ever seen him play. Human being. I, Back I in his day. No, I, I've Evergreen. things. I, I, and I, I played him when I was at EOU. He was a senior at Evergreen. Dude, that guy was, he's been, so I actually do, quick story. I was a freshman on the varsity team at Pasco, and he was a sophomore, I believe. And he had recently just moved from California. And this guy was bald-headed. He's always been bald-headed until, like, later up in his <laughs> in his years. But um, we, I, I met him because we were, like, basically the newcomers of the team. And we essentially had to do all the, you know, the hazing of, like, you had to go pick up the balls, you had to put air in them, pick up the stuff, take out the nets, all that stuff, water, you know, 
So they basically just made us, you know, the, the, the team's bitch, essentially. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. And um, we ended up playing together. Even he went to Walla Walla, and then he moved. And then, dude, I played again. I played him again, and, and when I played at Evergreen. So we, I kind of have been around him for a while and um, seen him play and played against him. So he's, he's a solid player. I don't know about now, though. But. <laughs> Absolute solid player. Oh, I mean, like, you know, you, it all you, goes away so quick. Let's dude, quick. <laughs> it's funny you said that. I went we're, we're, so the the scrimmages here are like open play here in uh, Great Falls. Started up last week, <laughs> dude. I went on Wednesday because I haven't played in probably like three or four months since I left Tucson, and um, dude, I was sore up until like Sunday morning. Just my dude, I had shin splints, my hips, dude, my <laughs> core, everything was so sore, and I didn't really feel it till like. That next day, I mean, dude, I, bed, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so old, dude." <laughs> I, I've been playing three days a week here just because there's so much soccer out here. But at first, it was it was tough. But um, I, I'm back to playing headers, like decent level. I scored a hat trick of headers this weekend. Uh, Get a crouch over here, son. <laughs> yeah, I'm six four though, so um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a big lad. Um, but. Um, it's it's still it's just it's amazing like you, when, to, when you yeah. don't train like you would um it, it definitely oh, it, yeah. it goes away i mean your touch is there and, and your iq is there but i mean some of the other things you know the yeah agility, and i've been boxing and doing mma but even that it's just so it's, it's amazing it's not the same dude i'm like eh, maybe i can do get the balance or, or like something but dude no way you get somebody on a cut or a breakaway <laughs> they're gone One yeah. Thing I, one thing I will say is it will come back if you train for it. You know, I feel like I'm playing okay soccer right now, and I'm, you know, I'm not sitting there embarrassed. So, um, you know, it always it's crazy it, it how we don't prepare, huh? Dude, right. I'm gonna share something, and I want you to tell me a little bit about it because I know you mentioned to me before in a, um, a while. And let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Give me a sec. You know, anything you put on that screen could scare me. I, no, like, dude, God. it's not that bad. <laughs> uh, let me see. Good. Dude, can you tell us what's going on here? <laughs> so hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we start. Uh, see, there it is. So it's Austin so, here. It's so funny. I don't know if you're still a referee, but was a referee. Uh, dude, I want to I wanna hear about that experience because I've I, like when I was younger, probably like, 18, 19. I ref like some kids games, dude, and I ref like Mexican league kid games. It wasn't like you know three rivers or like basic you know recreational. This was like hardcore parents like yelling at you and you know cussing at you. I want to hear your experience, dude, because you you probably ref at a better level than I did. But I wanted to see, and that's where I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this ever again, dude. But I wanted to hear from you, dude, because you you actually did it in, in, at the college level, right? Or did you do in high school? I, I used to, you know, I actually was an ISO ref. I was refing D2 games. Um, I just found it online, dude. Was <laughs> like some intramural game at our college. It was, it was flag football game, actually. When I first showed up to Blue Mountain Community College, I was like, oh, sure, I'll throw a, a, a thing on ref. And this is the <laughs> only picture that the marketing department could could put in the newspaper for me. I was like, I was like Annie. And it looks so I wanted so to bring bad, back some memories, dude. It is what it is. Um, but no, I... I <laughs> it's funny. I I love refing. I uh, I actually I try to get a lot of my students and my athletes into refing because it brings a, a completely d different perspective to the game. Um, l learning how to manage a game and learning how to be cool when people are screaming and everything at you. It's just uh, 
it's good and and um and i i will say that power is very unique um i don't care what anyone says um everyone likes a bit of authority a bit of power um in in life and being a referee gives you that autonomy I to like <laughs> be an orchestrator of the game and i I, yeah. I really feel like you're like truly making the game flow and making it beautiful now i, I, <laughs> I always was told by my assigners as far as like tackles or like you know uh, <laughs> and it was probably because like oh you like to get I stuck in it's like hey dude come on girl played so you know like, 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 deal with it yeah and so you know I always let more go, but you know, I think I always dealt with it in, in, in a good way. I love, I love refereeing. I think it, I think it's an incredible part of the game. Um, and good money, Jeez, really, man. Good money, better money than coaching. Well, you coaching. the better licenses you have, obviously, too, right? Yeah, that plays a role in your pay. Yeah. yeah, and just experience and just being a good ref, you'll just make a lot of good money. Um, you know, good cardio, um, send you around workout. to do things. Uh, it's crazy to me that. Yep, and, and it's crazy to me that. that college players even while they're in school because they can make a career out of it because they have to travel right um it'd be tough during school but they can definitely start getting the food in the ground yep yep uh, but on spring season and um and you know in tournaments and stuff like that they can get their feet wet and then as soon as that's over i mean they're only 23 when they graduate not, not a lot of good refs are peaking until you know 30 so what got you so, into yeah, refing trust, trust to get even into the mls or to to nicella oh is that what it was? <laughs> it's just like i need extra cash dude not money <laughs> it was just you know when you're in college like, when you're in college yeah. like coaching and, and 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 refereeing was 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 not a passion um and it became both of them became passion i i, I had to make the hard yeah. decision to go into coaching i just love coaching so much more um but yeah um definitely I mean, it was, it was yeah, I remember you told me you used to be a ref, and I'm like, I'm gonna get a picture of the ref and let him tell me the story. <laughs> but, um, oh, no. but yeah, dude. So you <laughs> just moved from Blue Mountain to Sierra Nevada. Um, your season starts. I know COVID messed everything up. Is your season still aligned at the same fall? Is it your fall or spring? Are you wait wait wait? Hold on. <laughs> Are you in what conference? We're, we're fall. Yeah. It's NAI Cal Pack, so it's all the Northern California, SoCal, and and uh, Arizona Cal uh, NAI schools. There's there's another division of NAI in California, um, yeah. but I would say it's pretty similar to the CCC NAI program with some really yeah. poor programs and some really good programs. In, in yeah, dude, it's crazy. So, and what are your thoughts so, on the CCC? Obviously, I'll be part of the the Providence University now, and um, going back, and I'm excited when EOU comes and when we go to EOU and stuff like that, because obviously that's where I played, but um, when I played, and obviously, I, 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 yeah, I was on that first team at EOU, so it, it didn't really seem as a program that had been established. It was more in a sense like a great experience for me because I was part of the first team and, you know, got, you know, to play with some of my best friends from, you know, CBC and stuff like that. We all went together. So it was, it was a great experience for me as far as roommate-wise and college-wise. But, um, dude, when I went from from high school to Walla Walla, the level of play, dude, just – snap of a button dude it was quick and i played it i played with chad and so he recruited players that were you know sometimes five-star recruits we had this guy kyle menchaka uh, menchaka from boise dude that kid was like a nike athlete over the year or something like that at the time and uh like centennial high school and um dude we had some like great players and then i remember going to eou even a step further 
dude, that league, when we played, like, Great Falls at the time, dude, they just had nothing but international players. And I'm like, dude, I'm used to playing, you know, Mexican League, YMCA over here, and now I'm getting these freaking Australians, Brazilians, crafty on the ball, smart, dude. These guys have been playing since they were same age as mine, but just at a different level, you know what I mean? And, like, me being able to see that and experience that level of play, I'm just like, dude, I don't think I'm good enough to go play it, like, at the MLS, dude, or, like, seeing these players. I'm like, there's, yeah, it definitely is. And, and and I wish it's humbling. By the way, Kyle. Oh, he is. Kyle is coaching Boise now. Dude, like, that I, kid I when he was in when he was ago. at uh, community yeah, college. High School, dude, yeah. that kid was fucking nasty, dude. Nasty, I heard. nasty player. I heard. Um, and um, I heard. But yeah, that. dude, like that's. I I wish that was what kids can experience or know now, dude, because it, it'll really like make them feel like you're not good enough but hey you got to work harder now you understand like how good these players out are here do you know even when i've tried out for fc tucson dude there was these like 16 17 year olds dude these kids were nasty dude like and and obviously they're younger they have the you know lighter weight and, and stuff like that and they were just quick on the ball off the ball you know just at a different level at their age and i'm like this is where kids need to be dude like where these kids getting developed you know what i mean and like just wanted to hear your thoughts dude like what Obviously, you played in, in different times than I did, right? I think before me, like college-wise. Yeah, a couple of years. Um, yeah, well, have you seen an evolution of, of players as, as far as, like, is it is it getting any better? Or do you feel like it's more, I guess there's more exposure now because things have changed. Obviously, the world's changing, too. Yeah, a little bit of everything. I, I mean, I, I look at these kids here just locally where we're from, and they're just yeah. better than we were. I mean, we're, we're the same athletics, but just better coached, better trained, better soccer Training players, programs you know? now. I, I don't think um, training programs were a thing back then, long. dude, until high school um, maybe. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, we just played all the time. No, and, and, and we were fit, and we were we were hardworking, and we, had, we were mentality giants, you know, and we – but Fasig, I mean, it was just – no one really taught me soccer similar to yeah. you in, in in a real analytical sense until I got to college. Um, and even even then, it was pretty surface level until, you know, until I started really researching it. It's, it's funny to see the transformation. Um, you know, the coaching that my players got at my last community college versus the coaching I got at my community college is much better. Um, I, I love Ray Fabian, but... That, yeah. I mean, that's just I mean, that's just how the world should go. We want to progress. We want to use the information that we're given, right? Um, I will say under Ray Fabian, I was a freak athlete. I ran a 432. I, I think my fastest so, was 458. Um, I think that was yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he made me a very good athlete, right? And so, like all those things were always around it's it's the soccer side it's the real yeah you know get get through the grit and now play smart as well um yeah it's, it's there and uh um dude yeah so always a kid one of the reasons i brought that up was because it's just, it's just i look at my career or even some of these kids careers that, are, that i've been able to, to coach and i've gotten some kids to, to professional contracts too um but um i think like for me, looking back at my experience and the way I was kind of developed, there wasn't really a training, like a strength training program, dude, until later in like high school, I started lifting weights. 
But I could just imagine starting at 16, 17, doing an actual periodized straight, straight training program that's going to benefit you as an athlete, how much more advanced you could have been, you know? And that's where I'm, I'm like, dude, I didn't have that. And now, like, doing all these studies and understanding how the body works and how the systems work and anaerobic, you know, your, your cardiovascular systems, like, hey, soccer, you know, intermittent sports, so it has different, you know, different things involved. How do we prepare athletes for that? You know what I mean? And that's what that's what wasn't taught to a lot of people until and you made it to the next level, you know. So Yeah. I, I think there's an unfortunate reality unless they want that information, they have to yeah. go get it. Or you're lucky. Or your parents are educated within that, that, you know, exists. and understand. Um Yeah. Yeah, I think athletes under me have totally, right? And and or they have the money or resources to get you there. Um you know, athletes under me have been pretty lucky to be able to um, get that kind of training as, as I've learned. You know, my first year of Found programming there, wasn't so. as great as it is now. And, and it will always continue to get better, right, with, with data and information the and air and Players are and, out for the summer and kind of you got to keep the, the, the workouts in for the summer and then the they come back out. unfit. <laughs> and... and yeah, I mean, how, how hungry are you? So I, I think, but um, it's amazing to me what what, we, what I've seen, you know, gains. I, I just think about the Blue Mountain Boys. We we did T-test times, we did vertical jumps, and we did um, yo-yos. That's pretty good. And I think we got vertical It's a lot of leg, leg, move, lot of leg, leg power movements. We, I know that's insane through, through. Never in a program, yeah. Yep, yep. Um, but I mean, these kids just, I mean, they never, all these Latino boys have never done anything like that, right? And oh, especially in performance, sudden, you dude. You're going to be stronger better, on the ball when somebody's trying to shove you off. You'd be like, huge, right? Nope. And then it gets <laughs> Yep. It becomes a war of attrition later on, right? Like your gains are smaller and smaller, and you have to be so much yep. more driven. You get into those training programs for the first year, your gains are massive. They just are, right? Um, because because your body's never been trained like that. But uh, I think I think that mentality to stick in and continue to progress is huge. We did, you know, our tea times were down a lot. It's fun. It's fun. And then and then the real smart kids and the kids that really like the environment are just so thankful for. Have you always um, that have you always coached men and college. women or just awesome. men? So and it's so funny. Go ahead. I've worked with the girls uh, at Blue Mountain before even Jordan did, um, and um, yeah. But so am I. You know, I'm, I'm definitely better suited <laughs> for men. I, I, I'm I'm a little harsh, I'd say, um, on uh, a few things. I just you know I, I'm I'm no bullshit. Just just say it how it is. As I can be an assistant on the women's side, I, I don't think I could ever be a head coach on the men's side. And I you know Jordan, I, I think I did a pretty good job being his assistant coach this last year. But I just told the girls like I'm going to come in and just say what it is yeah. and. Tell you how it is. I don't think Jordan's just, very harsh. You know, uh, push you really hard. <laughs> they, 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 I met they, him. You know, it was a good relationship. So he's getting older, dude. The stress is getting to him. <laughs> he's, he's gotten a lot harder, harsher over the years, believe it or not. I, <laughs> uh, you yeah, know, Jordan's him and I both grew together. So, um, you know, I've got a lot of respect for what he's, how he's learned to, uh, to, to adapt. Because I mean. By, by no means by him and by perfect by alrighty man well so, we're almost gonna wrap it up but um just had a couple of things for you so I know you just got to a new place right and you're actively recruiting for the fall okay so 
there is a lot of coaches and a lot of players that listen to this. Damn, I'll have to tell you. I kind of been all over, so I, and I know people from all over, and so there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast, specifically this one compared to my other ones. But um, no. what do you look for in, in players today? What are you looking for, and what does a program you know look for and require? You know, obviously, some people are in the East Coast, you know, South, and don't understand, you know, what the hell, what programs we're talking about. But um, if you want to dummy it down to like, you know, what the program is, understand them, have help them understand what the, what you know you're talking about here. Um, I just threw my learning of coaching college for the last five six years. Oh wow. Um, you know, the program I'm currently at, there was only three guys returning on the roster, right? And I got the job nine weeks ago. Um, Recruit your own players. That I would take a really <laughs> desperate approach and just bring anyone in That's that we could bring in. Yeah, we, we recruited a few. Um, but, you know, I thought that was a good place for them. But I think the reality is you never get desperate. You never want to bring in the wrong kid. I would rather have a small roster of, of good yeah. human beings than a big roster of good players that are just – you know, pricks. So um, the questions I just ask coaches when I recruit, I never, I, I, I can analyze a soccer player. I can see a soccer player, whether he's good yeah, or bad. Like, to watch I, I don't need a coach's opinion on that at all, right? Like, like I get paid to, to, to do that analysis. What I, what I don't get to see when they're playing soccer is, is this kid a good human? Does he show up on time? Is he respectful? Does he, is, you know, those pieces of the game I, can't, yeah, I don't see it in the game, right? And even if a kid threw a temper tantrum in the game, I, I've thrown a temper tantrum in the game. I guarantee you have, right? Um, you know, I, I try not to, to to look at it too much. If he treats his teammates poorly, I do look at it. Um, but to me, those are the most important things because if I'm going to spend four years with a human being, they better be a good person and they better be kind. and They better be grateful for the opportunity. Yeah. Um, and, and they should be able to forgive me for my mistakes and they should be able to for, and I should be able to get that forgive them for their mistakes so um, to me no you gotta go to class oh, and you <laughs> gotta be able to take care of it in the classroom so that, that that part of it's a privilege but um, yeah I mean, that's pretty easy I, I, I you can ask anyone that's been under my I'm, I'm very yeah, listen to Austin or, for, for academics you know I, I, I push my guys <laughs> super super hard at Blue Mountain that's good though. At least you have some sort of uh, disciplinary. You know, like, some disciplinary. Say that. <laughs> I think that's what, and I was in the military too, so I understand. That's why I'm hard with my players, and, and even when I just do one on ones, like I need you focus. Like, and then, I, dude, I, I when I was the strength conditioning coach for the semi pro team, those guys weren't necessarily coached at a high level. They're just solid players. But dude, as soon as I came in, like, because I would come in before the coach, dude, I would go so hard on these dudes, like. Just to get their mind right, because they would just mess around, you know, joke around, whatever it may be. And some of them are coming in late. And I'm like, for every single one that's late, I'm counting the minutes, dude. Like, that's how long you're going to hold the no plane. Or, like, that's how long you guys are going to hold, you know, push a position. Like, I would just get their mental, like, tap on mental, because that's what they needed, dude. Like, they're solid players. They just needed to, you know, pay attention and, and understand. Yeah. You need that push. Yeah, I, I'm pretty ruthless with late. Yeah, I, I'll that. just send you home. <laughs> or, or you get to sit on the side of the field with your cleats next to you and just watch practice. Like it's there's no time for that kind of stuff. Oh, it's it's it, yeah. it takes one kid during the season to that happen. They're like, I ain't gonna be that guy. I'm never Especially at that, that level too. So, it's like, hey, we're um, trying to win here, you know. Man. I, you know, and I I, I I think it's just yeah. so important. especially at the college level, dude. <laughs> that's that's all it's yeah. about. <laughs> 
I'm working for my next job. I'm working for my next opportunity, right? So we have to do well here and be a family here and do really well here so we can all grow. And so I can cool, go be man. the- Well, hey, thank you so much for your time. I know the, we're kind of over time, but um, it's great talking to you, man. I appreciate you jumping on and sharing your stories and your rep stories and, and you know, your your college, uh, you know, coaching. And, and we wish you best luck from, from the family here. And hopefully, uh, I don't think you ever come up this way, right? Unless you play Eastern, probably. Thank you. Great Falls. It's pretty far. <laughs> uh, you never know. Are you, are you, so you're in um, Great Falls right now. Yeah. Um, it, it, I will not. Uh, I know you I like fly fishing, dude. This is fly fishing uh, country. It's as close as I'll be. So. Um, but if I ever. There's a lot of fly world, fishing over here. But... <laughs> Alrighty, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Fly fishing. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, brother.